what's good everybody it's your boy chris aka ssg black rod oh my god oh my god that feels so good <laughs> we're back we are back what should i play that episode 95 and it's 2021 it's a new year new season mm-hmm. uh, new video games new shenanigans kind of but i'm here with not with new people but with the best people the best co-hosts i got james and rod what's going on how you guys doing yo what is going on man it's good to be back yeah it's been a long time i think much longer for us um than i guess the listeners listeners have had some episodes for uh since early january we've been all of a good batch yeah exactly (laughs) and we were ever closer to uh that 100 episode so that's that's very nice episode 95 so close dang triple digits the big 100 we gotta we gotta plan something for that episode we gotta figure out what we're gonna do Mm -hmm. we'll we'll figure something out but um definitely you know this is the first time listening to the show this is a uh this is your uh video game podcast we talk about uh everything that's happening in the industry and uh the culture that surrounds them and this episode is more or less our hey let's relax <laughs> which we we're just coming off a break let's, let's sort of ease into it uh but yeah we, we're sort of gonna kick back and sort of fill you guys in on what we've been playing uh recently what we've been up to recently this is more or less like that this is this is that recap episode that's always that episode one in an anime like every anime has it where like they come back for right season. That first, that first episode was always going to be a recap episode. So that's what this is. I'm just letting you know. I like it. That sounds like fun. Let's do it. <laughs> so, James, what 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 you been up to? Before we even jump into the games, how have you been, man? Man, I have been good. Um, it has just been a lot of working since you guys have last spoke to me. Um, you know, went through the whole holiday season and stuff. Uh, got a new car. Mm. feel good about that congrats congrats yeah man thank you thank you loving it so far um and then just chilling playing some video games you know nice Keep, keeping it keeping it chill and simple you know i think uh if, if we learned anything from 2020 is that i'm glad we still have video games to sort of keep us entertained inside There's yeah way, uh talking to people that aren't really gamers or like don't really have hobbies like that they they they're gone through it. they're going through it but you know luckily for us we have video games and it's, it's kept the same yeah so far so good you know i was just thinking about that today um i feel like this year we're gonna really start feeling the effects of the pandemic and at least in video games because before we got a lot of like almost finished games around the same time that the uh pandemic hit mm-hmm. but now it's like all the new projects like what's coming out what's going on mm. see i was talking to my girlfriend the other night about how you know netflix they're on this whole initiative where every friday there's like new content dropping like every friday on netflix mm. so i was thinking you know damn like a lot of these like shows that are dropping they're doing a lot of like limited seasons so we, we well she watched all of lupin but um we started watching lupin this morning and i realized it was just five episodes but i'm guessing like the rest of the season they're gonna drop at some other point it's sort of like mm-hmm. spreading everything out 
I mean, yeah. am, I, am I right on that? Rob? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you are. They they actually confirmed. Um, I think late January that the rest of that season is dropping this summer, so you don't have to wait long. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. So that's 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 pretty cool. I was thinking, like, on terms of video games, though, like, do mm-hmm. you think we'll start seeing like the return of like episodic content? Oh, um, I, I hadn't really thought about that. Really, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I figured that model. It maybe didn't die, but it was becoming less popular. Um, like I, I think the last big game I played that way was Tell Me Why. That was episodic, but that didn't even come out um, like in a, in a lengthy amount of time. Like I think the episodes were spread out between weeks among each other. So like week one, uh, literally seven days later, we, uh, episode two, and then another seven days, three. I think that's what happened with that, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Or it was it was either that or like they all dropped at the same time. There was not a wait though, unlike Life is Strange Two, where I was waiting for like three or four months. months, Right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. It was like kind of unbearable at a time. Um, And that model has been proven not super, you know, fruitful. Um, But I would be interested though, like if if that changed with with what you're saying, Chris. I hadn't really thought about that. If if they're not doing that, save anything, they'll probably do the model that we're seeing that. where was making uh was it was it about was it Bathiel's Gate Balthers Gate I can never Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate there we go I think um <laughs> I was like I was really wondering what Bathers Gate was <laughs> I don't know I don't I I, I don't I haven't played but y'all know what I'm talking about right? it's more yeah. like early access kind of game? yeah so like early access oh, that's yeah. early access Hades was early access for the longest mm-hmm. um, I think we might just see maybe a rise of like early access games if anything. Yeah, how, how how do you guys feel about that? Just in general, like about early access titles. I have not played a lot of them, but the ones that I have tried out, Hades being a prime example, turn out really well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm sure there is that whole like the possible Kickstarter deal of like you put your money down, you get burned. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess it just kind of comes down to understanding who's making the game and having trusted names and that sort of thing. Like I can put my faith in something like a super giant. Yeah. So I I don't know. I guess it just uh, falls down to that, but then also just like just overall hype. Like if something comes out and I'm hearing like a lot of hype on Twitter about it, I'll probably pick it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think like for myself, I, I, maybe fall along the lines of what james was saying um and it may shock you to know that like i i actively stayed away from from hades when when that dropped out the game awards i want to say december 2018 i think Mm -hmm. um and and it wasn't even a thing of like i I didn't have faith in supergiant but more so that i was like whenever this does release whenever 1.0 is done like it's probably going to be spectacular and i'll just wait for that um but i was very close to buying it this past year um, if not, if I hadn't heard that it was coming like very soon, uh, so that drop was really nice. Uh, but but yeah, I'm not like much of an early access person. I always <laughs> I always say this, but but Fortnite <laughs> was like the one where we we we, <laughs> we got in on that mm-hmm. and uh, not super thrilled. It wasn't bad. Like Fortnite wasn't bad at the time. Um, and I, you know, I still don't think it's bad now. But but um, it's it's. And that was back when it was focused on like the PVE, right? Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, yeah, mm. we were totally focused on that. Um, and, you know, I, it's more of a thing for me where it's like, okay, I am invested in this idea that the developers are putting forward. Like, I am interested enough to invest in it, but also it is a, it is a gamble. It's a risk that I'm taking because it's obviously something that isn't complete yet. Um, something like what the Oculus Store bothers me more than anything else where they don't really tell you um outward or what was it called chris what's the military game outbound outbound outward something like that onward onward thank you thank you yeah onward where they don't say anything on the store about it being early access because you can't you let you technically can't indicate that the game is early access until you purchase it and then you go in and there's a big banner that says oh by the way this is an early access game just so you know we're still working on this um, so I, I think if the message is up front before people purchase it, I think I'm okay with that rather than the other way. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's, there's honestly enough out there to keep us entertained in the long run. So like, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine that, you know, we're not getting, you know, bangers back to back because for one, my wallet is happy about that. Um, you know, coming out of coming after my birthday, my girlfriend's birthday, New Year's, uh, Christmas, uh, and now like Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, my, my pocket <laughs> is like it's like yo, relax, and chill. So, um, yeah. I think I think if anything, like we're not, I, I I don't think there's any really big AAA games that are like around the corner like that. Yeah. Um, so like I'm cool with like playing like indies. I'm cool with pack, you know, catching up on our backlog. Um, because my backlog is huge. Like at this point, I think I need to turn it into like a YouTube series because it's it's um it's a battle, man. Yeah, it's tough. So luckily I was able to play a couple of games that were on my backlog. Uh and I'll I'll sort of get into that on um you know my, my part of the Watchman playing. But um uh, one last thing I want to say before we sort of jump into that, y'all. We're bringing we're bringing Dogecoin to the moon. If you haven't invested yet, <laughs> get ahead, on that coin. Go ahead, go ahead and get on it. Um, that's just one one extra thing that's sort of like okay, let's let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about GameStop. Can we please? Let's do it. Uh, who would have thought? I when I say when I say I, your boy was so like I was pissed. I didn't believe what reality I was living in. Um. It's wild. So if you don't know, well, I mean, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you you, you would have heard about this. But of course, if you don't know, um, GameStop, their stock has recently like shot to the moon. Um, it was, I think at this point last year, the stock was worth around $4, 3 or $4. And there's a whole backstory of like uh, a subreddit called Wall Street Bets that realized that the stock GameStop stock was being short squeezed, meaning hedge funds were pretty much betting on GameStop's stock lowering even more to make money off of it. So people essentially saw that, said, hey, fuck you, hedge fund, y'all make enough money, y'all screwed enough people. Let's get like, you know, let's get the band together and let's 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 you know stick it to the man mm-hmm. and essentially what that means is with everyone investing into gamestop um causing the stock to rise that's pretty much going against their bet of hoping that it would have gone down so essentially the higher it went the more money they were losing it got to the point where a hedge fund was essentially losing like billions of dollars 
mm-hmm. and it's because they had to pay this money back. Exactly. So I just want to make that bit clear here. Not only they were betting, but they were basically borrowing money, borrowing money from the stocks, and then betting that when they tried to buy it back at a lower price, that's how they'd make their money back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's pretty messed up to bet on failure. <laughs> <laughs> So this is it's like to see everybody come together and be like, you know what? That that four dollar stock you sold yesterday is not worth four hundred. Now pay up. That's crazy. Yeah. So like I like around this time last year, I was sort of like looking at the stocks because I was like, you know what? I want to find like extra sources of like income. And you look, you know, I've always heard about stocks and like day trading, doing this, that, and the third. So I've looked at it, and if you don't know, I've worked with GameStop before. And I hate this company. I don't take that back. I take I take that back. I don't hate the company. I hate my district, the, the district manager that I work for. Mm. Like, and yeah, I got that just completely ruined my experience working for that company. And I had, I had a good time at that company. So mm. uh, essentially, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bet money into this. I don't care. Like, you know, holiday season's coming up. They, they might do well. They might be okay. They might flatline. Who knows? But to sort of see it like, sort of like creep up, rise to $40. Like I was looking at all this. I was like, yo, $40, that's crazy. It was like four bucks a couple months ago. And then like at the end of that day, it being like $200. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And then and let's, like, I mean, and, and pretty much since then, I've sort of been like on different forums, watching a bunch of videos, like trying to like learn how a lot of this stuff works. And um, sort of like what I said earlier about Dogecoin. Like you can make some, you can make some money, but you sort of have, you have to be careful on how you do it. And like, don't, don't risk anything that you're not willing to lose. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't take out like a small loan. <laughs> yes. Betting that you're going to make money on the stock market. Yeah. And, 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 and your means. And, and, and once again, just want to put a disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor. Me neither. <laughs> so please, please. If, don't come at me when you bet your house, bet your, you know, your, your car, your, your mm. children's college. Don't funds. do any of that. Don't do any of that. Mm-mm. Like if you have like, you know, 20, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, just laying around, just, just sort of like, just sort of pump it into that. Do that. Right. Take a small chunk out your paycheck, tiny investments, something. Yeah, so Don't go crazy. With that. Or what you been playing? Uh, James, mm. what you been playing? Not the stock market, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> I have been uh, jumping back into our game of the year list. Uh, went back and found some time to play some more Immortals. So funny story. I thought I had lost my save forever. Somehow I ended up uploading the corrupted save to the cloud, and I thought that was my only save, and I was super upset. So I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just start over. I wasn't that far. I was really enjoying myself. Thankfully, got my save back. Everything is good. And um, I'm really glad I did because I've reached that point where the game becomes a lot more free because I have a lot more upgrades now. And I guess that's something that I always have to remember when I get into this type of open world games. And it's part of why I enjoy this one so much over the others is that it's not bogged down with just content for the sake of having content. Um, everything is purposeful. Everything just kind of flows into one collectible to the next collectible. So if I'm trying to upgrade my health, 
I'll run into a stamina upgrade along the way, or I'll find some new cosmetics for my armor, or I'll find a new weapon, or it's just, there's always something to do, but it's not never ending. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so I've been able to dive into the um, reversal a bit more, so now I have a higher stamina bar, so um, I'm more incentivized to move around the map instead of fast travel everywhere. Mm. And, and I think that's a balance that games really struggle to find, especially now that they're getting bigger and bigger. So I think that um, Immortals does a good job because the zones are expansive, but it's still relatively easy to get from one biome to another. That's, that's, what, that's what I wanted to ask real quick was that um, that's something that's huge for me in open world games is that if traveling in your open world is boring, Mm-hmm. then I'm going to be abusing, you know, fast travels. I'm going to be missing out on like the, you know, like you can miss out on a lot of detail when you're fast traveling around in the game. So mm-hmm. uh, like, I think the the best game that comes to mind when I think of uh, being able to like traverse the world and it's fun is easily the Spider-Man games. Mm. Um, and that's, and honestly, that's most Spider-Man games have been like this, have been like fun enough where I could, you know, um, just swing around the city and have fun doing that, you know, do side quests along the way. You know, I think trying to platinum Spider-Man, I it, I think one of the last trophies I needed to get was using the fast travel. It's <laughs> the best. So I mean, it's something so ridiculous that you're like, exactly. I didn't even know I needed that. So so for immortals, like what you know, what are you using? Like what how are you traversing the world that makes it fun? So it is very much still the Breath of the Wild style of traversal. Um, climbing up pretty much any surface you can get your hands on. Um, the gliding upgrades so you can soar by faster distances. You get a bit of the uh, the Batman Arkham dive. It doesn't increase the speed at which you can fly, which is unfortunate. Hmm. But still just useful for getting around the map. But I think the biggest change that they made, and it really leaned into the whole um, mystical aspect of this game, is that you can summon your horse underneath you. So instead of having to call it to you and wait for it to show up on screen and hop on your horse and ride off, you just hold Y and I'll throw it with a blast at the ground and there's my horse. That's dope. Wait, like while you're in midair? Yeah, so if I'm low enough to the ground, I can just hold Y and I'll spawn the horse. Hmm, okay. And so that makes those short bursts between cliffs even a lot faster because now I don't have to worry about stopping, hopping on the horse, getting off the horse, climbing onto the the surface and then up I go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I kind of almost get with that um that Super Mario World Yoshi mentality. Yeah. Where I can just abandon it and whenever it, but I don't worry about it because I'll have another one. It's really nice. It's oh, a very small touch, but Jesus. I think that it's huge. That's dark. <laughs> it is, but it's Yoshi. <laughs> Everyone knows if you play Super Mario World, what happens to Yoshi? It's yeah. gotta make those jumps. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um uh, yeah, you know, the, there was a demo that released of Immortals uh, in between like our, our break here. Um, mm-hmm. And and it, it does something I, I really love where like the, the demo for the game is actually unique content. So mm. like when you, when you actually go around and I didn't know this, obviously, like prior to, to playing it, but um, it's it's um, completely unique to the demo um, area and essentially what happens is um, like they created like this demo space or area 
um, exclusively as uh, with with like story content that again I don't think between Zeus and and um, Prometheus, yeah, Prometheus. Um, that's that isn't revisited in in the main game, so it kind of incentivizes you to check it out, like ch- check out the main game uh, and see you know brand new stuff. Um, the thing that struck me with Immortals is the fact that it's so colorful like i played it on ps5 and i have it on hdr mode and it just looks it really does look great like the colors pop in a way that just i don't think a lot of other games i've played uh have lately anyway um and it that was nice like that was really really nice so i think visually the game looks spectacular yeah um i would have to wholeheartedly agree and I think that's part of what it was so easy to come back to it because it, it's inviting. Um, when I first talked about the game, I had spent most of my time in just Aphrodite's area. But during this extra play time, I ended up just kind of scouring the map, trying to unlock the um, the different dungeons so I can get some more health upgrades and that sort of thing. Yeah. And just the sheer variety on display. Like I've seen the desert area before. I've seen the snow area before. But just the uh, the color palette and the the way that it's been used and just the way that the uh, levels have been designed, it's it's just a visual treat everywhere you go, mm-hmm. even to like the desolate wastelands of Ares's era. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and this is this seems like the type of game that that is using it to its advantage. Like um, the 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 color palette, like as as you mentioned, is is part of the charm to me of the world. Um, and it's, de- it's definitely a, a driving factor. Like it's on sale right now. I'm kind of like waffling uh, in between, but uh, it that it's definitely pushing me to like check out more of that. Because um, initially I was like, you know, mm, do I feel like diving into like a super open world game right now? I don't know. But then after playing the demo and and just kind of enveloping myself in that, like it, it's just very it's a cheerful game. Like relatively, at least like some of the stuff that I played in the demo. Like it, yeah, it's it's. It's Phoenix unique. is one of the happiest heroes I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah, she's kind of like amidst that, that shonen protag energy of like, it's okay, we can do it. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's welcome. That's definitely welcome after after 2020 for sure. Um, yeah, like I've I really appreciate that. So yeah, it's something I wasn't really expecting from from this game, but but I was nice. To, it was nice to encounter that. Yeah. So in between my uh, runs with that, I uh, decided to take some breaks, quote unquote breaks, by playing uh, Super Hot uh, Mind Control Delete, I think is what the uh, subtitle is. Mm -hmm. It was on the Game Pass. I did not realize we had this game available. And um, I had played a little bit of the original Super Hot on PC. And of course, most of my time has actually been spent in the VR version. So when I heard it was on console, I was like, I don't think I would enjoy this as much. I was completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Completely and totally wrong. Um, So the direction that they went when it came to mind control delete, it's a collection of seems like maybe like seven or eight different rooms that you can um, go into the arenas and fight in. But what makes this game different is that it has a big um, emphasis on hacks that you can use throughout the world. So you can hack yourself to have more health or start each level with a sword 
or if you reflect one bullet, it deflects all bullets. And it just kind of goes, ends up stacking on itself of how many crazy combinations can you make and still survive long enough to um, finish out each level. Hmm. And the power-ups on this game, I think, make this experience. If you haven't played Mind Control Delete, but you played Super Hot, you owe it to yourself to give this one a shot. Um, just the, the pure imagination of um, the dashing, the slashing, the st- still that great feeling of knocking a gun out of someone's hands, grabbing it, hitting a reload, um, bending bullets. It was It's insane. But it's, yeah. it's so simple, but it's so much fun. So you mentioned that this is like, it, it's kind of, um, is, is it, does it feel arena based? Like it's a, an arena type thing that you're going into? Because in the original Super Hot, like there's a loose narrative, even within the levels themselves. Like mm-hmm. it might be, it might start like in an airport and it's clear that it's an airport and you'll go into maybe like, you know, maybe the terminals and then eventually maybe end up on the plane itself and end up fighting in there. Is it, does it, is there a progression like that or is it just seemingly random? So it is seemingly random. Um, the way that it's structured is you're moving through the files on a PC, and each um, file contains a different selection of levels. Um, there is some kind of overarching narrative going on in between each folder, basically. Um, and it ends up you just kind of going along this path. You take out a few enemies. You come to one enemy that isn't fighting back. It's just sitting in the corner minding his own business. And in order to finish the level, you have to take them out. Hmm. And that area ends up being repeated throughout the um, in between different folders. But there's always a twist to it each time. Um, Sometimes it's like you're glitching. So you think you traveled a distance and you haven't traveled a distance. You're back at the beginning or and as you um, make your way through each folder, you see the body of the first person you killed. But then the the next guy is just still sitting there minding his own business and that body count continues to pile up and i do love the one theme about this game is it's more yeah you want you want more of the same we'll give you more of the same and it's it's basically very blunt and saying like you this isn't gonna fix things Mm. like you're you're just kind of doing this for your own pleasure at this point to that point, um, and that sounds like it's thematically consistent with with that first one, because uh, the way that game ends, that that original one, um, even in VR, is like <laughs> pretty pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but um, do they give you anything like any new weapons or anything that kind of dis- maybe distinguishes it from that original Super Hot? I'm trying to think. Let me go through the weapon list. Um, there is the pistol. There is the shotgun. We have the sniper rifle, the katana. Um, oh, in certain, there's like a um, art studio. You can throw the easel. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> and, but it, so it functions old. almost like a uh, like a shuriken, which is uh, also okay. in the game. They have the uh, throwing fans, so like katana from Mortal Kombat. That's in the game. Um, yeah, it's just a fun variety of weapons, and then you you throw in the ability to have them say explode on impact so your throwing star now becomes like a hail of bullets mm. is this is this strictly um 2d or did they put this out for vr um i believe it's a strictly 2d i do um, not know about vr that sucks let me see I control the Wii VR. because like i i haven't played super hot uh you know uh, on console yet or pc 
I've only I've, like I've strictly played just the um the VR version. So like all right. of that sounds really cool, but like I'm trying to like like imagine that but with like with a with a controller. And I thought the same thing, Chris. But it works though. I know. That's the crazy part. Honestly, this is no way this is gonna work as well. Hmm. It does. And it's free. You already have Game Pass. Well, that's that's really awesome. I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> But no, this game does not feature any VR content. But apparently, they're actively working on new VR projects. Cool, that's why. So, mm-hmm. I'm sure we see a, a new type of super hot soon enough. All right. Yeah. Um. So that's super hot. Uh, I had an itch to play Fallout Four. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I realized I'd never done a uh, Brotherhood of Steel run, and I still haven't. Those are, those are the um, night dudes, right? Yes, or, those are the, okay. um, basically the space marines. Gotcha. <laughs> but um, I just kind of jumped back into that. I found a fun mod loadout video, and I want to test it out on Xbox to see if I can make the game feel any different. How much, like how far I could push the game and the uh, Series X turns out pretty far. Um, the modding scene on this game on pretty much any Bethesda game is incredible. Mm-hmm. So many different types of um, weapons and reload animations and adds new functionality to redoing the Minutemen so they feel useful. It's like those those fun small tweaks that all end up coming together to make something like just a better version of Fallout 4. I completely forgot that th- this game did get a dedicated next-gen update. Mm-hmm. Oh, it did? Okay. Yes, it does run in 60 frames per second on console now. Mm, at least on Xbox Series X. So. That's enough. That's enough of a reason for me to like go ahead and re-download the game because I I let's see what was I even about? Like, did I finish that game? I don't even know if I finished it. So, really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I finished it. I think twice. Once with the railroad, and once with the um, Minutemen. But yeah, Fallout Four is still fun. <laughs> if you haven't played Fallout Four, sure you can get the complete edition for pretty cheap right about now. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so far, and how far are you into your current playthrough? Um, I would say I'm still in the first act. This thing I've been messing around with side quests and that sort of thing, trying my best to build up settlements. So I've been made a lot of uh, story progress. Mm, okay, but um, levels are pretty good. I'm thinking like level twenty five, thirty, right about now. Yeah. It's it's been a while since I've played that game. I think the maybe the last time I even played it was maybe at launch, uh, like or shortly after launch. I, I do remember, th- I remember generally liking it, uh, but I also remember there being a huge debate at the time of like you know, okay, Bethesda might be time to ditch the engine uh, and make something new. Um, have you really run into any terrible glitches or anything amusing? Uh, no. And I have to give that credit to the mods because there is an unofficial Fallout 4 patch <laughs> that everybody recommends that you download if you can play this game modded. And I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. So I'd like, I'm glad to report the game runs and I'm not falling through this, um, through anything or glitching through quests. So that's nice. Shout out to the, uh, the community that cares more about the game than the, vet, the devs do. You know, you know, there's also a sort of happening with Cyberpunk right now. Like, mm-hmm. the like, uh, majority of the mods like fix the game. Um, 
I think at one point, like there there was like a a security issue with modding the game, but like that day that information came out, the community already patched it, like through a mod. So <laughs> it's insane. It's yeah, it's pretty insane. Uh, they should be paying us to buy these games. They keep having to fix them. It's it's wild. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, the, well, I guess I'll ask that question once you actually talk about it, Chris. Um, but I'm curious, like, well, oh yeah, are you even playing on PC? No, yeah. no, I wish. Uh, no, I'm playing it on uh, PlayStation Five. Because it seems like the the lion's share of the issues aren't even on PC. No, yeah, at least like, the technical it, issues. Yeah, if you're able to play it like on a PC, play it on a PC. Surprised you didn't try use use the uh, Stadia version. And surprisingly, that version too like worked pretty well. Um, but no, yeah, I was I was in, I was gonna pay money uh, <laughs> to to play it on Stadia. No, I'm good. Oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot I had to actually buy that. Hmm. Gotta gotta figure out something for that. But anyway. My final game for what I've been playing, Hades. <laughs> this game has just been in rotation no matter where I am. I always find a way back to this game. Yeah. S- some might say it's game of the year. Some would definitely say that and be correct. Anybody told you anything different is wrong. And that's just kind of all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this is the early access darling. Uh, one of super hot, I mean, super giants' greatest works has to be said. Um, but I actually owe this one to you, Roddy, for my renewed like fervor in playing it. Mm-hmm. You kept sending those no clip documentaries. Oh yeah. So I they finally uh, released the last portion. So I binged the uh, entire series. I think it was like six parts. Oh, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't I, know that. Yeah, the whole thing is out. And I ended up binging it, um, and then I had this itch that I have not been able to scratch <laughs> playing Hades. Can I say something really quickly about that? Um, yeah. So I <clears throat> I actually didn't know that you had gone through all of those videos. That's really fucking cool. Um, and I had, what, I, what I actually ended up doing was somehow I, I knew that Noclip did this, but I, for some reason, never went to it. But they had actually uh, done 30-minute documentaries on their other three games too mm-hmm. um bastion transistor and and pyre and i went through and watched those um like last week and and it it kind of did something similar to to me that it did for you uh which is like kind of uh, put those games and Supergiant once again at the forefront of my mind and going like okay i want to like replay some of these games i've played bastion maybe like 15 times and damn it i'll play it a 16th and be happy but like um a transistor i definitely want to go back to uh and 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 replay that um, but yeah, it's, it really makes me appreciate that studio, um, so much, uh, and, and just like all their philosophy when it comes to like game design, uh, elements, it seems to just align with like, okay, if I were to make a studio, like what would I do? And it seems like they are definitely in that realm. Um, and I just don't think they've missed so far, which is crazy. They made four games I think are genuinely on their own spectacular so if like if anyone's listening to this and they have not seen these documentaries definitely check them out they're great oh wait to yourself to check it out i've, I've watched the rest of them after i finished the oh, six-parter okay yeah. nice i realized there was more and i was like okay yes I'll take <laughs> <laughs> yes awesome well, yeah it's really cool like seeing them talk about this basically their ethos and how like what they look for in making a game 
And I think it was Greg who said something around the lines of like, I want to make something that would not exist if I didn't make it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was like, that's so, that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like something so simple and like almost anyone would say it, but like to realize it and act and literally do it is crazy to me. Because in a world of, of games that feel like just like offshoots of each other, yeah, or reimaginings of the same ideas, they've succeeded. Even in taking things that are so commonplace, like the roguelike, it, but it doesn't feel like any other roguelike. Yeah, it feels like this game wouldn't exist if those if those seven never got together that day. It, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you're, I mean you're you're totally right. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so just shout out to them, props to them. Um, and I don't have to explain what Hades is. You guys watch the show, you know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I've been making my way through the uh, runs, trying to beat um hades with every weapon i've completed Ooh. four of the six. Ooh, nice yeah so i only have to do the um the knuckles and the adamant rail but um okay. shield is op <laughs> <laughs> i have three runs already completed with ages and i didn't even mean to <laughs> that's crazy yeah uh, I, i'm curious about like at least the 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 build on on some of this stuff like what what were you running okay so um Aspect of Zeus on the Aegis Shield allows you that special to do like this multi-hitting, almost like a blade riff from Ares, but a slower moving and more um long a longer lasting version. Yeah. Okay. But while you're throwing the shield, you can still attack with your normal shield. And you can still block and everything. That's so, so so broken, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you point into the Zeus theme, you could throw on his boon, which lets you drop lightning on every hit. So as you throw them in the blender, as I like to put it, and then you can knock them with your regular shield into the blender. It's just so mm. much damage, so much stun mm. lock. It's, it's amazing. Spectacular. So stuff like that. Um, what else have I been really a fan of? Um, the Hades spear. Aspect of Hades on the spear. That one's really cool because he applies a debuff on an area attack mm-hmm. for his, um, his charge spin. So that's a lot of fun. Um, Have you been surprised by anything? Like when you've used it and succeeded? Weapon-wise? Yeah, weapon-wise. And it doesn't have to be like a full clear, but have you used something where you're just like, I just did not realize it could be that good. Like for me, that was the that was the gun. Like I mm-hmm. I hated, I didn't hate, but I just did not, I was not attracted to the gun at first. I was like, this I'm is kind of slow. And, uh. I'm still not, so I haven't gotten okay. that one yet. Well, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it was the what turned me around was that there was a boon where it allowed me to have infinite ammo but also and like never reload um and i was just just pumping points into like damage essentially um with some of these aries boons too so that was made me think oh my god i'm just like a monster right now i'm like the terminator it's crazy Mm. yeah okay i had something similar to that um and i really thought i was going to clear with this build so it's kind of i'm really sad i didn't Mm -hmm. but it was the um the knuckles and I ended up stacking um, Ares's Doom onto the attack. So basically, the way that works is I have like a uh, a three hit flurry, mm-hmm. and then I have a very brief cooldown, and I go back to that that three hit flurry. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up finding a Hermes Boom, so I increased attack speed. Um, also, ended up finding a Hermes Dash. So I'll have multiple dashes, and I can dash out of that three hit flurry to cancel the animation of basically reloading my punches and get right back into punching. Ah. 
So being able to just kind of like dart around the enemy, just circling them like, um, yeah. like just like a boxer, basically that Epo yeah. step, it's so nice. And then I ended up finding another Ares boon that allows the doom effects to stack on top of each other. And it takes a little bit longer for them to go off, but when they go off, it's an even bigger damage um, explosion. So I can get in, throw like six punches back out, go to the next enemy. And while I'm punching the next enemy, my first one is coming to the doom. So oh. I'm just clearing rooms like they don't even they don't even matter. So good. Damn, I love the knuckles so much, dude. Yeah, knuckles are knuckles are fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Every time one of you guys talks about this game, I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's it. I'm going back to Hades. No, I'm playing it after we get off of here tonight. <laughs> it's a hundred percent guaranteed. I want to play tomorrow. It's a Hades yeah. night. <laughs> and it's it's cool too because like you're what on a you said a fourth or fifth clear or something like that. This will yeah my, this one will be my fifth clear. Fifth clear. Okay, so that's pretty awesome, and you're still getting story stuff too. Yeah, um, every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You're and further than I am at this point. Okay. But yeah, because I mean, I guess with each clear, you get a bit more story. Yeah, yeah. I've only cleared twice. So like you're you're seeing a bit more than I am, which which is really exciting. Like it's exciting to me to be able to um, have like that carrot at the end, you know, um, like right. after a clear. Yeah. And the way they do it is really, it's clever. Um, so of course you have Hades trying to stop you from getting to the end. And then when you get to the end point, can I? Is it okay if we spoil it? Like who I'm going yeah, to go? Warning. Yeah, we'll give a little spoiler warning. Um, if you okay. haven't played Hades yet or haven't completed it yet, we're about to spoil it for the next like minute or so. So basically, um, Zagreus, the main character, is the son of Hades and Persephone, and that's that's who I'm going to go visit at the end of each of these runs. Mm-hmm. So every time I get to the Hades fight, we'll have a little exchange and. Then you'll get to your mother and she'll ask, how is your dad doing? Or like, did he say why this happened or that happened? And so you have a small conversation. It'll answer a plot thread, but then it always raises a new question. So it was like, why, like, do the gods know that you're doing this? Do you know you're coming to see me? Why do you think your dad did this? And so as you go back to each run, you go to Hades, you have a new question. Or you have a new little tidbit of info to like throw at him just to like talk a little bit of shit at him it's it's just it's fun and it rewards yeah. you for paying attention yeah and that's really cool yeah the subtlety in the in the writing is just really great and i feel like it's such a broken record because I, I say that on almost all super giant games but that's that's just their quality of their work though like um Hades, I think, highlights it uh, spectacularly just because you you're you're constantly getting new bits of dialogue that kind of plays on top of itself. I I don't think I've still I I still don't think I've seen a video or a breakdown on exactly how that system works. But whatever they've done on the back end to to make that happen is just kudos, man. Kudos. I feel like it might have had something to do with how they handled Pyre. Like some type of that same kind of aspect. And I think that it just, I haven't played Pyre myself, but watching the documentary and I got those little bits that they were talking about. Yeah. Which I didn't even know that the song at the end of the game is reliant on the things that you did. I didn't even make that connection at the time. And I was like, oh my God, they have like hundreds of combinations or or whatever, which is crazy. That's really That's crazy. crazy. It's a feat in, in songwriting, yeah. <laughs> <and> game design. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, guys, should you play Hades? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's 
that's there's your answer. Okay, we never actually answered that question on here. That's yes. <laughs> go play Hades right now. We'll finish the episode first, then go play Hades. Yeah. Download Hades while you do the episode, then play it when you're done. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is what I have been playing. I want to like real quick. I want to say that Hades, um, by far, has been like the most, like the the most picked up game off of the show that like people have told me about. So like they would say like, oh yeah, you know, I I saw you talking about Hades on the podcast. And mm-hmm. it looked really cool. I picked it up and I loved it. So I say by far, like that's been like our like high like our one of our most recommended games is this game. And we, we and like in, and you know we're almost at episode 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we've been doing like you know podcasting for you know even longer than that. But like I think just like if anything, this is like one of the like the highly recommended games that we've ever talked about on the show. I think so. I think so. I, I'd agree wholeheartedly. Followed closely by what, Bastion? <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback right there. Yeah, oh, that really is. That's going way back. Oh, man. But yeah, besides that, Roddy, uh, what you been playing? Oh, man. <clears throat> Quite a few things, actually. Um, and it, I didn't even mean to do this, but I've been playing like the spread, like all my consoles have gotten some degree of love uh, in, during the break, um, which is funny because now I'm like kind of in a mode where I'm where I'm I'm kind of not weaning off of games, but I'm like slowing down a bit on things. And that's kind of what was nice about the break was that the, the previous year I played so many video games. I feel like I, I played a lot. Um, a lot of that is exacerbated by the the pandemic and, you know, not seeing my friends or family um, very often, uh, if, if at all, uh, you know, it's that was definitely a thing uh, to keep me occupied, um, as we were talking about at the top of the show here. Uh, but now it's like the break kind of allows me to realign, play things kind of casually. I don't have to play things like I don't have to play anything, uh, kind of like what Chris was saying. Like right now, there's nothing major coming out. Um, kind of take my time with some stuff. Uh, one of those games, I mentioned that because one of the games I picked up was meant to sort of um, kind of be a palate cleanser of sorts, which was the uh, Mario 3D All-Stars collection. Now, I feel like a, a bit of a, a bit of a rube <laughs> for, to, for buying this just because like... Um, you know, it's just an emulator. Like I just spent sixty dollars <laughs> on an emulator, basically. So I feel like a bit of of a moron, but like, fuck it, man. These are these are like classic games, and also it was a, it was a way to to play Mario Galaxy. Um, you know, on on my Switch, or really just at all, because uh, I don't have anything to play that on right now. Um, it, funny enough, I'm not even. That's not even the game I started with. Uh, so with the 3D All Stars Collection, that's the the the, the Super Mario 64, the Sunshine and and Galaxy Collection. So you get all three games in one package, um, and, and then it is really bare bones. Like here, you're not getting anything special. You get like a music player that can uh, kind of go through all of those games, and that's really it. And I guess Rumble features for for some of these games, like um, Super Mario 64 has the Rumble implemented, which I. Did they have that for the N64 with the Rumble Pack? I'm pretty sure they did. I mean, I knew it came out before the pack did, but I think yeah. there was support for it. Okay, okay. I never took mine out the controller, so I was just think everybody had Rumble. 
Okay. Yeah, cl- clearly, I'm like scraping the bottle of the barrel in terms of like new features. Um, and I think they pre- presented it in like, I think the resolution has been increased a bit, but um, I mostly play in handheld anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Um, but I mean, look, it's Super Mario 64. Uh, there isn't a lot to say that hasn't been said over the past like, what, 20 years or so? Don't um, do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a classic. Like, um, I, I've been having fun going through it, and I have noticed though that my my inclination to like 100% levels as soon as I can is definitely high. Uh, it is, and, and I don't remember playing it that way. I remember just maybe doing like one or two stars on a level and then trying to move on. But now I'm just trying to do everything I possibly can before I literally can't proceed without like other stuff. I think. In the water level, the one with the the infamous eel, uh, there the, one of the last stars you can get is like underneath a, it's like underneath a vent or a fan or something like that. You that you just can't get to normally unless you're Metal Mario, but you can't unlock Metal Mario until um, you, I think, beat like Bowser once or twice or something like that. Uh, so, kind of rediscovering a lot of that stuff has been actually super fun. Uh, did either of you guys pick this game up or this collection? I should say. So I, I did pick, pick it up. It up. But I never played it. It's Same. it's still it's still sealed somewhere in my room. Oh, you okay. bought it? Bought it? Yeah, I bought it. Bought it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I bought it uh, physically as well. Um, because and that's another reason why I was mad too. I was like, God damn it, Nintendo got me with this shit because they were like, Yeah, we're not gonna sell this anymore after you know March something. Uh, and I was like, ah, I need, I just, I need to have it before I can't anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's that's something I did, but. I'm looking forward, though, to just sort of like relaxing further with this game and and again, having a lot of fun with it. Um, I, I think I might I might grisp my teeth a bit through Sunshine. I don't know how you guys feel about Sunshine, but um, Sunshine is not my favorite one of these. Uh, but Galaxy, though, Galaxy, Galaxy is where it's at. Yeah, I really wanted two. Not even gonna lie. No, you're right. You're right. Two is the better game. Um, Galaxy is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite 3D Mario's, but uh, I think two is a better game, uh, in my opinion. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so super enjoying that. So that's cool. I may check in with that if I'm doing anything super fun. But that's definitely been like my my chill game, and and that's been great. Um, <clears throat> something else I've been playing too has been uh, Alan Wake on the Xbox. So. This is on Game Pass right now. Uh, Alan Wake being the the three sixty uh, three sixty right. It was an original Xbox. I think yeah, it was three sixty. Um, and it was Remedy's first like game outside of Max Payne. Um, I think I may be mistaken about that. I think they did some weird racing game or something. Um, but yeah, like it was their foray, a precursor to to control, actually, um, I would say, because in, in a lot of different ways, I had never played Alan Wake before. So this is my first time actually going through it. This is not a replay for me. Um, and it's been it's been mostly fun. I think the game holds up in terms of story and dialogue, like all the stuff that like I really love control for um, atmosphere, especially I think Alan Wake has it in spades. Um, I do think control is gets a little bit more David Lynchian kind of more bizarre and weird in that sense. Um, Alan Wake sort of deals with eldritch horror, um, like kind of on the periphery rather than like upfront in your face, like literally like in control. Uh, and it, I do think that the weaker areas of Alan Wake is kind of its gameplay. It's the the game. I'll frame it here. Like, actually, have you guys played 
Alan Wake before? Real long time ago when it first launched. So I don't even remember the game like that. Okay. How about you, Chris? Yeah, same. Uh, I think I played like a couple of hours of it. If that. Okay. Not to completion though. No. Okay. Um, so the the premise of the game, you guys may remember at this point, but it was about this writer who he's taking a vacation with his wife and like he just needs he's having like writer's block or something. And he's like trying to get away uh, with her and just like relax, enjoy his life um, and just maybe like re reconfigure his 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 mindset out. Um, and during this um, in the, like the first chapter, first hour or so of the game. Uh, the place that he's staying at um, is like he his wife is like kidnapped um, and the place that he they were staying at is like no longer exists. Like he leaves at some point like their little island uh, getaway or whatever. Uh, and then he leaves and comes back to like goes into town and comes back to the little uh house place or wherever they were staying and like the entire piece of land is like completely gone and he's like what the hell and everybody doesn't know like what they're talking about they do like the whole 80s thing of like you know well back in the 1800s that place sank all that time ago it was never it never existed and so alan wake's like oh my god what the hell is going on so uh you're going you're, you're just playing this regular dude trying to find answers um and and you're getting calls from like this this dude who says who claims that he has your wife and that you he wants manuscripts to trade for your wife uh like manuscripts that alan wake has written at, at this point um and so you're like yeah it's wild it's 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 fucking wild but uh but these manuscripts apparently have this supernatural power uh that whatever has been written on it like tends to come true so um that is also weird but it's 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 uh the combat in the game is from these uh these creatures who really are humanoid in a way they look exactly like humans do um but there's like a dark aura around them um if you are if you stand in the light uh they disappear but as soon as you leave the light then they'll they'll be there attacking you with like you know um familiar weapons like you know axes or whatever um, i don't think anyone has really guns it's mostly melee combat um i believe uh from them but you do actually have weapons that harm them so what you have to you have a flashlight you have to kind of luigi's mansion them so you have like the light where you have to shine you, uh, where you have to like shine it on them and then uh dissipate the darkness so then you can shoot them and kill them um and that so the gameplay is a lot of that what i just described um like that moment to moment combat uh it, and it's it doesn't really vary from that very much like there's some minor puzzle solving every now and then but it's mostly like running through you know these hallways well not really hallways per se that it's like in the outdoors so you're running along like a lot of paths like uh footpaths and uh, outside uh, but it's not it's not super varying on that what's really pushing me along is the story it is the dialogue like i'm very curious to see exactly how all this crazy shit wraps up because um i you see a lot of shades of control um and now we know through the control dlc that you know alan wake has that universe uh correlates to the control universe somehow i, I don't know how yet but um I, I didn't play the dlc but i am curious about those connections and and what that whole thing is like so you do see shades of that and i can see where where like the inspiration or the spiritual successor of control comes from with Alan Wake. Uh, Cause you are just fo following a, re a regular, 
person. Uh, like Alan and, and Jesse are just regular people. Like they have extraordinary abilities, um, Jesse more so than, than Alan Wake, uh, because Alan Wake is the writer. He is just a fucking writer. Uh, he, he has like no, he does not have extra strength or powers or anything. He is just a dude. Uh, whereas Jesse can like lift shit and crush shit with her mind, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm mostly enjoying this game uh, for sure. And I'm, I'm curious, I'm like 80, yeah, 70, 80% through. Um, I should actually be probably finished with this next week. It was like six chapters, five or six chapters. And I'm on chapter four, I think. So yeah, looking forward to seeing the conclusion to, to Alan Wake. Um, another game that I played was a more of an updated uh, title uh, in, in the sense that it was a brand new PS5 game, and that was Destruction All-Stars. Uh, this is this is the game from, I don't remember the studio name, uh, forgive me, uh, but it is published by Sony, so it is a first-party game. And uh, and it is kind of it's like it's, it's a destruction derby game. I'm trying to think if there's anything like it. I was going to say Twisted Metal, but Twisted Metal isn't really it's not really the same thing because you're using like weaponry in, in, in that game or in that franchise. And you're you're not doing that very much. You're you're literally just bumping into them. Um, so like uh, like a burnout crash mode kind of thing kind of yeah that that idea is similar yeah so in the sense that like you you need to just ram into other like cars to damage them sufficiently um in order to like uh, wreck them like that's the actual <laughs> nomenclature is is a total wreck or something like that um yeah that's exactly what you're doing so um you are in an arena and you are presented with like a colorful cast of characters who at first I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little put off because they looked like Fortnite characters kind of. Uh, and I was just like, uh, I don't know about this one fam, but, but honestly they had enough charm and personality and no one was like doing the Dougie or anything. So I was just like, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> Fortnite, got it. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, it's just, that's what I was, I was likening it to. I um, got you. First. That would have sold but, me. <laughs> Yo, speaking of Fortnite, real quick. Yeah, sure, sure. Did y'all watch the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Did anybody else think that Sam Jackson commercial was him coming to Fortnite? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, I, I thought that, and I said that, and like in in like the room that I was in, everyone was like, "Fortnite? What do you mean?" I was like, "This this, this looks like Fortnite. This is clearly Fortnite." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you, James. Okay. Oh, yeah. continue. I'm, my bad. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so I really I, I want to talk about some of the things that I really like about this game because I feel kind of mixed on it right now um, as far as like my overall feelings. Um, so some of the things I like, you know, are the characters. It feels it feels very diverse to me. So like we talk about diversity a lot in the show. Um, and I think this cast of characters really has it. There's a lot of like uh, dark skinned people in this game. Um, there's a lot of women in this game. There's a lot of people who aren't like straight white dudes actually and that's actually that's pretty cool like there's it's just not often where you get a cast of like 12 16 characters and like there's not a lot of white dudes um that's just interesting to me it's something that makes me sit up and, and take notice uh and and this game has just a multitude of of really cool characters and for something that is i would say primarily um based on the characters like they're you're going to be familiar with them based on like the abilities that they each ability that they have um i think it's cool and like we were talking about with immortals earlier this is a very colorful game um 
games that that utilize color will always stick out to me more than those that don't um and it's this is something that really stuck out to me i actually played this in the same week that i played that immortals demo and and those were the two things that stuck out to me about those games uh, particularly so visually it looks awesome um and you could tell that it is definitely using next-gen hardware um and and that's nice that's really nice so you're you're definitely getting that um you also get the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback and all that good stuff that like those playstation 5 you know exclusive features being a first party game of course sony is definitely going to like push those those things at the at the forefront you know definitely make sure that the developers uh, creating these experiences are utilizing that stuff um and you get you get that here um there are a lot of sequences where you're on foot as opposed to like on the the car. So when you're on your on foot, you know, you feel like the footsteps that your character takes with every single step. Um, the uh, even climbing onto like ledges and whatnot uh, is, is felt like with a controller. And it's just, it's really cool. Um, and then obviously when you're in the car, you you get the the feedback from the throttle as well as the brake. And it just kind of gives you that extra sensation um, that, that, you know, a lot of other games and other really consoles uh, miss. So that's, I found that really cool. So that stuff is is neat. I really do think that's genuinely cool about the game. Um, it's it is on PS Plus right now, so I do recommend uh, checking it out if you're interested. Um, so as far as like the main game is concerned, uh, don't forget this was a game that was originally going to be seventy dollars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, your reaction, Chris, is pretty much what mine was after the first couple hours of playing this. I was like, there is no way. I think Sony single-handedly saved their own game because there's just no way. And I don't say that to be, like, disparaging or to say that the game's not good because I do think that the game is fine. Like, it's not a bad game. So don't take this as me, like, you know, shitting on it or something because I don't think the game's bad. But... But um, there is something to be said that you're asking people to plop down $70 for for a particular experience that, I, you know, as the package right now, it feels like there have been things stripped out, like to make it so, um, you know, you're getting a quote unquote free game. Um, I'm of the mind that at some point they may actually, I think they will sell this at some point, like they will sell this. I don't know if they'll do it for 70, but they will sell this game. Um, and when they do, I think that what we got here with the PS Plus, and this is purely speculation, tail, like I'm just talking out of my ass right now. I have no idea. I don't have inside information, but I feel like, you know, they will sell you a version of this that has um, not just more characters, but like more modes too. So the base game has like four different modes, two of which are so like you can only solo queue for, and the other two you are placed into teams of eight on eight um and uh there's one mode where it's just like you know it's it's just a mode where you wreck other cars and like each like certain kind of wreck gets a different amount of points like a light hit or light yeah light tap is like one point or something a medium is like five and a heavy hit is like 10 um and so you control your hits on the right stick and you there are two methods you can do to ram someone you can either ram them head on uh by pushing up forward on your right stick or um left and right will do a side hit a side swipe essentially so you can hit someone that way and those are actually on cooldown so you can't just like spam uh rams essentially uh so you have to kind of be cognizant of, of what you're doing you can exit and enter your vehicle at any time as well <clears throat> to kind of like uh, kind of strategize how you want to do it. There are stock cars on the battlefield. So 
the stock cars have limited maneuverability. They they don't act like the hero cars. And the hero cars are basically like you think of them as, as specials. So when your meter fills up, there's like shards in the arena. And when you fill up on shards, and those can those are usually collected like on foot, you can call down, uh, you can either execute a character power, um, which which could vary from really anything. It usually makes you uh, faster as a character and it usually makes you be uh, able to double jump um and usually there's a passive ability like uh one of my favorite characters uh, lupita i think her name is um she actually uh she is on fire basically and like everywhere she runs is like is lit up so like if someone's following behind you you could just like execute your power and then they're ignited um and her hero car actually has a similar ability where the entire car becomes on fire uh and it it, it is a huge trail basically that you leave and you can like kind of ensnare people uh, in a trap. And so um, that's kind of like the strategy behind it. So it's not just like ramming into other cars. That's a lot of it. Um, but it is, there's some degree of like using ma- mixing and matching abilities, kind of like an overwatch or some sort of like hero shooter or something like that. Uh, with the only exception being, you're not really shooting here. <laughs> so uh, the multiplayer modes are, uh, the the ones that I just mentioned before, uh, and there are like all variations of like collecting points or gears, uh, banking them, things like that. Like those are kind of vary with the different modes you can do, um, and and the gears are the the items or the points that you collect from doing things in the arena, like you know wrecking other people. Um, but, and then there's also another side of it, where, like it's called arcade or challenge, and this is kind of the part that makes me speculate all this stuff because. You get one challenge set for free, and you're meant to take control of one character with a brief cutscene at the very beginning. It's like maybe a minute, minute and a half, something like that, where they're talking to another person, like another character. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first character that's free is um, that in the challenge mode is like the luchador character, and uh, he has a rivalry with one of the others. And and with the, you're supposed to go through and like complete different objectives so like one might be like okay collect 50 gears in like 60 seconds or get like 10 wrecks by the end of the time limit or two minutes or something like that um and so it's like maybe six or seven of those challenges and by the end i think you get like i haven't completed it yet but i think you get like an extra skin or something aesthetic um but you see that there are other challenge sets but you have to pay for them like with real money what um yeah so yeah so i mean it makes me think that with the 70 dollar version originally like all this stuff was in the game already but because they were offering it for free uh quote unquote free with ps plus um they stripped all that out gave you like a little bit of a taste and said okay well if you really like this stuff we're gonna rely on microtransactions for a while make some money back um and that's that's really how they're making their money on the back end is that they're charging for uh, some of the the single player content, as well as the the things that you would expect, like uh, costumes and and colors for cars and whatnot. Thing is, though, the the cosmetics are not that interesting. Like they're just they're they're literally just palette swaps. They're not even like Overwatch where they're actual reskins or like you know d- literally different costumes or clothing. Right. It's just it's just different colors. So oh, that's trash. Yeah, so it's very curious. I don't know if 
they know what they're doing right now. I think they're kind of just testing. It, it seems to me like they're testing the waters on what may work in the future. Um, so it's just it's it's that part of it is kind of unfortunate. So if like if you're really liking the game, like at some point, like you're you'll have to cough up money for more content. Um, you know, all the multiplayer stuff is free right now, um, but who knows what that will look like in the future. So. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you took a look at that because I I had been meaning to, but I got caught yeah. up. Yeah, um, I, w- I would say that if you have a PS5, there's just there's not a lot right now to to play. Like if you're if you if you're looking for next gen only experiences, so for of uh, being free, I think that it's it's cool. I think it, it is worth a look, um, and I generally like the game. I think it's 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 entertaining, um, and, and again, kind of charming too in a way that I didn't expect. So. Um, worth a, worth a shot, you know, and I think it's perfectly fine. So, hmm. yeah. Perfectly fine. I like it. <laughs> throw that on the box, right? Throw that on the box. Yeah, throw that on the back of the box. <laughs> All right. And the last game here that I have for, uh, for my segment is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Um, this is a game that I played almost entirely, like in between the break. Like I started this game, I want to say right before uh, twenty uh, twenty twenty ended, and completed this like right up to around my birthday, which was like uh, last week. So, um, like I got I got really invested in this game, um, and it 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 took me about a, over a little over a month to to get through. So. And I, I think my clock ended at like 40 hours. Um, that might be a little inflated because I sat at the screen and did other shit uh, that wasn't like super story related for a while. But but I would say like 30-ish hours sounds right for this game. Um, this is the Vanillaware title, uh, Vanillaware of Dragon's Crown uh, and Odin Sphere fame. They make beautiful looking games. Like their art style is is very uh unique um <laughs> some might say a little a little too much in some areas but but we could get to that um but it is it is a absolutely gorgeous game that that has a wonderful story to it um it's a sci-fi adventure i almost feel like i can't say too too much about it just because i don't want to spoil it for you but um james you bought this right so no i didn't oh okay i, I remember seeing it on sale but i did not get to pick it up it went on sale again today for thirty bucks. Mm, no, no excuse now. <laughs> well, hold on, he's got to tell me about the game first. See if I should play that or not. <laughs> it is. Um, it's it's really honestly pretty awesome. So I saw a lot of people saying this beforehand about like, oh man, the story is so good, and it got nominations at the Game Awards, it got nominations at the Dice Awards, um, uh, for the story specifically, like the narrative, and you know, I was. I was anticipating it. I wouldn't say skeptical, but I was like anticipating like what, what I was going to see. And uh, it does not disappoint. This thing is like a, this, this thing is, is a very complicated web of, of intrigue, drama, romance, sci-fi, kaiju, giant robots. Like it's the most anime of anime games, maybe outside of maybe persona uh, that I could, I could think of, but that's not, I don't say that as an entirely bad thing. I think it is, it is a lot of that. That's good. I know it sounds bad, but it actually is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the thrust of the, of the, the narrative is that you're playing these uh, one of 13 characters who are all these high school students. And 
um, one day, like a giant mech just straight up appears in the city, just out of nowhere. Like you're, in fact, the first person you're, the first dude that you're playing as is just like chilling with his buddies, walking along the street, uh, a busy Tokyo street, and and a giant robot just blinks into existence, and everybody like starts flipping out as you would, uh, and uh, and he's like, okay, what the fuck? Like, and he found he found out that that he actually called it unknowingly. Um, and it just kind of escalates from there and you're dealing with, um, very, your similar settings. So all these people have connections between each other. Um, uh, have you guys played the zero escape series at all? I played it. Uh, okay. You haven't? Okay. So with zero escape, uh, Chris, this should be familiar to you. Uh, the, you have a timeline of events that you can kind of jump to at any point. So like, as you're progressing on one character's timeline you can always press square at any point during the game and it will bring up a time chart or like a a flow chart that will have the sequence of events that you've experienced up to this moment so like a a sequential timeline um and it helps you keep track of what what is happening in the story because at some point i think the game does a great job of like keeping you on track and, and and having 13 characters is gargantuan like if you're gonna have 13 protagonists that's a lot and especially when their their names are all japanese and you're trying to deal with you're trying to juggle like 30 different characters it's it could be a lot um but the game has an entire different mode called like the archives where you can go and read and it updates itself too but it updates based on like everything that you found out in the story to your playthrough um it's very specific for that so um the game does its damnedest to ensure that you do not get lost. Um, but the flowchart can be brought up at any time. You can jump between events. You can even fast forward through things that you've already seen because there may be a scene that you see with one character, but then you play another character, encounter that uh, encounter that same scene, but just from the other character's perspective this time. And so you can actually fast forward through all the the brand new or the old dialogue to the, the brand new stuff to, to essentially tell the game, okay, show me basically the new shit. Um, and that helps a lot because there will be a, a few scenes that you will encounter again and, and see. Um, that's everything I've explained up to this point is only one half of the game. So have it's split between a story portion and what's called the the combat portion. Uh, I don't remember what it's called like in the game, but it's like battle or kaiju or something like that. And so that is where you actually control directly, like in in gameplay, um, these these kids and their mechs and you you pit them against the kaiju the the monsters that have appeared in the in the city so for some reason that's another piece of this is that there have been monsters that um have invaded the city so the story bits is everything before everything that happens in the the gameplay the the actual combat of the game the combat is like the present storyline um and the story is covering like uh, everything before that point, everything that led up to the combat. Um, and while that might seem kind of like lame and you might be like, oh, well, why would they kind of spoil? Like, I know everybody ends up here. Like, why would they spoil that? Trust me, you don't know. You don't know yet until everything is revealed. Um, there are so many twists and turns in this game uh, that have just kept me, it, they just kept me on the edge of my seat. Uh, at some point you you begin, and this isn't really a spoiler. This is, this is pretty obvious, like very early in but you begin time traveling to other periods. So like 
you the the main timeline is the 1985 that's where the game begins um and that's where the combat takes place so you start in 85 you go to 1945 you go to uh 20 uh 2025 and then you go even to the future to the, the 22nd century all the way to 21 something um so like it's 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 you're jumping between all these timelines and locations and characters and it's it, Sometimes it can feel overwhelming, but but really, again, the game really, truly does a great job of ensuring that, you know, you are being fed certain information that is keeping you going. So, for instance, you may not be able to actually, you can actually get pretty far in the story stuff. So, if you're not interested in, like, the fighting the kaiju thing, which is, by the way, presented in a kind of a top-down format, kind of a turn, not turn-based, but it is like a semi-real-time strategy game where when you choose to move, that you're like you're, you're, it looks like a video game, uh, essentially. Like you're, you, you're utilizing uh, units on a battlefield. And, uh, and when you're selecting like the kids to do actions, you are like pausing the action, the entire, all the, the everything is paused. And so you're, you can choose to like, you know, punch or use missiles or like shield or whatever. Like all the, anytime you take actions, the everything's paused. Um, and then everything else happens in real time once you've taken your, your turns. So, um, and it's kind of like an ATB system, like Final Fantasy seven, where like you're, the kids are kind of all have different meters that they run on. So they can't all, they can all go at once at first, but then like, depending on the level that they're at in the the combat scenarios like that that may vary so some may be ready to move or make a move before others um and things like that so there's a lot of layers to it um but you know you may be interested in only the story stuff and you can get fairly far in that before the game kind of forces you to say okay we'll make a little bit more progress in the the main combat and and even in the main combat you get story bits that drop hints uh subtly and make it so like okay so if we do the first five levels of the combat all right now i can unlock you know natsuno's uh character or her story like i got really enveloped in a few of them and so i was like kind of making sure that i was doing everything i could up to the point and then like jumping into the character that i wanted to see uh so and i would say all of them have compelling bits with the exception of maybe like one Uh, i think all of them or most of them have really like intriguing storylines about them. Um, I mean, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, yeah, there, I, I found myself really enjoying it. It has a good, a really good English dub. I contemplated p- playing this in Japanese actually, because it is an inherently a Japanese game, but um, I just, I just went with the dub and I was pretty, pretty satisfied with it. Uh, it. It was really good. So it's always nice when, when this kind of work gets, gets um a good english track uh there are some annoying bits i'd be remiss not to to mention some of this shit so manilaware is uh infamous for some of their uh, uh women characters um just you may be familiar with like the dragon's uh, crown uh i think her name is like the huntress or something like that or or warrior uh mm-hmm. it's really ridiculous like some of the proportions that they have uh for the most part they they, I think they've only they got ridiculous with only one of the characters, um, but it's still kind of obnoxious. And I'm not gonna lie, like if somebody were to walk in, I 
and season that i I'd, I'd, I'd be, it would be an embarrassing thing <laughs> i'd be like uh i can explain <laughs> oh sure um, you can every all the kids and also so there's also some semi-problematic stuff with like the kids so when the kids are in the mechs they're completely naked um like completely uh now they don't show you like anything significant like it's it's portraits essentially that they're talking through so when they're talking to each other in the mechs like through comms it's like a portrait but it's like you can't really see much but you just notice certain things like the women are in very like certain poses i would say um and also they're kids so being naked by virtue is also kind of weird and icky uh but think about uh, what digimon it'll be fine Oh boy. Um so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's weird. And so like they when they call down like their mechs, they have to like swipe a part of their body. Um and like for reasons. And you know, uh, a lot of the girls have to swipe on a lot of suggestive parts of of their bodies. Um and I just thought it just it's something that stuck out to me and I and I just thought, ah yes, anime. Got it. Starting to no uh, more heroes real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um but outside of some of that stuff, um I do think that like this is a the story uh is really compelling. They do a great job um of of making it, you know, really just compiling all of this into one experience. Uh, and I really can't say enough about like how impressive that is just from a writing standpoint. Um, if one of you guys actually does end up picking this game up at some point, I would love to, to get into a conversation um, with you about it just because I, I don't know anyone in my personal life who has played this game. Uh, so I feel like I've gone, I feel like I've gone mildly crazy because I want to talk about it so bad, but uh I, I can't. I can only read things on the internet. Um, and I was desperately, desperately reading a bunch of stuff after I finished because I was just like, I need to know what other people think about this thing that I just spent 40 hours on. Um, so yeah, I, I really cool game. Really, really cool game. I wish I had finished it for game of the year. I might have put up a little bit of a fight for that. But um, but yeah, awesome, awesome experience. So, so two things, two things there. Yes. All right. So one... I miss us doing live shows on Twitch because, you know, while you're talking about this, I pulled up a YouTube video um, and like, I don't know how I did it, but like I perfectly synced when you were talking about like the kid walking through the town with his friend and then the, the giant monster coming up, like apparently the video was showing all that part too. And so I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's exactly what he's talking about. So, <laughs> oh, everything that, so yeah, everything that Rob said, you guys, like he, he was spot on with like how this game sort of looks, how, it's, how it plays. Like you did a really good job describing how a lot of this looks without really looking at it. So uh, you know, just you know, I just want quick kudos to you, Rod. That was that was really good. I I appreciate it. Uh, this game is really hard to talk about like that. So yeah, it is. And then and then two. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but anytime I see like there's like time travel and there's like a bunch of like teenagers, I always like have a flashback of like me talking to friends, uh, back in high school, and um, some of them were like, "Oh man, I would love to time travel. I'd love to go to the past." And I'm like, um. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> y'all could go without me i'm so I was thinking, like if i was like in a video game and there were like stats of like oh you know chris is good at this chris is uh dislikes this i feel like for my character i would dislike time travel 
And like when they when you tried to get me to try time travel with the rest of the team, I just straight up refused. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I um there was uh, I want to kind of work off that for a second because the two things with what you just mentioned about the the time travel bit. So it's very cool. One of the characters, uh, well, really two of them actually are from the 1940s era, uh, and they 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 go forward um at some point in the story to 85, and it's really striking to me, especially considering we're American, so we have a very specific view of of the world, right? Um and they they are coming up in an age where Japan was like at a dead dead heat really at and in forty five uh, with the United States going like kind of tit for tat and like they were just in you know the World War Two essentially like and they were towards the end of that and so when this character goes forward into eighty five he's like he's like whoa what what the hell is all this like these skyscrapers like weren't we just i was just in a war on a war zone like what is going on like surely we won the war right right and so he like goes and looks at all these like history books and discovers like oh my god like wait we lost but we rebuilt wow that's actually like kind of it's not cool that we lost but like it's cool that we were able to rebuild like off of that i just thought that was such a unique perspective that i don't think like a like an american game would really have like that's not an american perspective right is like is that sort of thing where you were you're like on the losing side of a conflict like that and then but maybe not even realizing it at the time but but being thrust into a situation like where you're like 40 years in the future unknowingly but not knowing and being terrified of like where you are and like what happened to like basically what you knew is your life like i thought that was a, it was very striking to me i thought that was very well handled um and on that same note there's another character from that time period who and it, I, I don't want to say like too too much but he ends up like struggling like he's he's grasp he's grappling with his sexuality in a way that like he wasn't really allowed to in the 40s and he's like discovering himself in in a way that i thought was like pretty cool at least i thought it was handled well but obviously like you know i'm a straight dude so maybe my perspective doesn't really matter about this but like i i thought that that was also interesting that's not also something we see or at least not that i see in a lot of the japanese media that i consume so um that was also something tied with the 40s narrative that i thought was handled pretty well so hmm. yeah very cool concept. game yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think this game is really awesome, um, and, and I heavily, I definitely endorse it. Like you know, despite some of the the things I mentioned before, I, I do think that this game has has some really nice qualities about it. Uh, and I just, I remain astounded by it. Might be the most ambitious narrative undertaking I've seen in a game in, in quite some time. Just to be blunt, um, you know, I, we, we've talked about some games that take narrative in interesting directions, like Hades is a big one, but. I, I think 13 Sentinels is dense in a way that 99% of other games just aren't. Um, and and I, that's really cool. That's really cool. But that is it for me. Chris, what you been playing? Oh boy. What's our, what have I been playing? So I have a couple of games that I think we've all played together. I have a game that um, I, you know, I started talking about in the Game of the Year episode, but then immediately got shot down. And then I also have a game that I have to sort of on record and say that I was wrong. 
Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's, let's start it off with Control. Uh, right now, Control, if you're listening to this, you know, uh, as of this dropping, you know, it is, it's part of PlayStation's uh, free games for February. Uh, this Control Ultimate Edition. So I'm playing that on the PlayStation 5. It's also on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, uh, the Xbox One, and the Series X and S. And then also, didn't know this, there's also a Switch version that was released in October, which is a like one of their cloud-based games. So they've, they've done this with a couple of games. I think they've done this with Resident Evil, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, and I think some other game that, like, has no reason being on a switch, but they they somehow make made it work with. I've been uh, doing Hitman on there. I think so. Yeah, that was the other one. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so far, I'm glad that I'm playing this game now because uh, you know this was a game that was released in 2019. Um, you know, it was made by Remedy. So like, it's it if you haven't played the Alan Wake games or haven't really seen like that uh, the just the atmosphere of those games. Like, it's very, like, it's like a, it's like a dark game. Very dark. Um, I couldn't see myself playing this game when it had all of the performance issues. Um, so I'm really glad that I'm jumping in now when all those things are, you know, ironed out. I'm playing the Ultimate Edition where everything is like, you know, this is the definitive version to play. And I am having fun with this game. I, um, nice. I am maybe about two, three hours in, so like I'm still like receiving uh, some powers. I'm still getting like the gun upgrades, uh, still really getting the gist of the story. Which, uh, if you don't know, you're playing as a uh, pretty much a new director for this agency, which is sort of like the Men in Black, but not really. Like they, uh, it's like this agency that that they they chase after paranormal um activity and like they'll go to like a town you know go figure out what's what's going wrong and then like pretty much like cover up everything so you're playing as a character who lost her brother and she's you know trying to find him she finally found you know the agency and you know walking in um like it's it's like a like a i don't want to say like a twilight zone type of like vibe but like you get it is you get, it's a good space you get a, yeah, you can immediately tell like there's something off, there's something weird. Um, the the fucking janitor is weird. Like I thought that was that was pretty funny. Oh, um, yeah, he was great. But yeah, control is pretty cool. It's uh, I I've seen myself like actually like playing this all the way through. Uh, if you guys don't know, I have gamer gaming ADHD. So like for me to like sit there and actually be like, damn, I I really enjoy this game. I'll play it all the way through. Like that's like a that's like something that I need in a game. It has to like sort of like it has to pull me in. And I feel like the story of this, like they they drip feed you the story. Like you'll you'll you know help someone out in the agency. They're like, all right, I need you to go here to fix this. And she's smart. She's also she has her agenda too. So she's like, All right, I'm gonna help you, but at the same time, I'm also gonna ask you these like questions and tell you a little bit of my backstory to sort of like move multiple plot threads ahead. And I think that's genius. I think I I like it. I, I like it. Like the pacing of it's pretty good. Yeah, this this uh, control is fantastic. It was in our top uh, our top five game of the year a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's phenomenal. I would recommend uh, highly recommend playing through all of the side stuff. That's and where yeah, so, I was I was going to uh, talk about that. So in this game, 
there's a lot of uh, you know collectibles. You know, this is like an uh, like 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 most games. Like you walk into a room, you see something glowing. I'm like, right, I'm gonna go pick it up. Uh, so you have that. You get uh, this is one of those games where like I'm finding myself also reading those too because it gives you some information mm-hmm. on enemies, mm-hmm. gives you information on what's going on. Because mm-hmm. this this is a game like it's telling you the story, but it's not giving you like it's not. 100% giving you the whole story. So you really, if you want the whole gist of everything that's going on, then you'll have to sort of like read these things. But at the same time, like the story, like the base story is still good enough to sort of just go through. But it is like, like you said, highly recommended to um, pick up all these collectibles. And like, it's not even like, I'm like trying to find these things. They're sort of like in the way of like yeah. where you're going. Yeah. So there's, there's that, there's um, uh, like, if you go, if you pick up a certain item, that might trigger a uh, side quest. If you walk into a room and uh, like you're sort of going off like the beaten path, that will also trigger like a side quest. And you know that's how you get your abilities. That's how you get um, different items and stuff. So I'm finding myself like actually like uh, like consuming all of this. And also with like it's also it sort of feels like a Metroidvania too, in the sense that um, now I'm further along where the, the story is sort of like making me go back to an area that I've already gone through. But, you know, I have like more weapons. I have like more clearance. Like I have like, uh, I could go through different doors I wasn't able to before. And uh, it's just, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm hooked right now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm also playing this on, um, on remote play. Um, a little, oh, a little really? Yeah, a little inside. Uh, right now, I'm sort of like self quarantining, and I don't have access to like. I think I have access. I, I bought my Switch, uh, and I have my laptop. But yeah, like I was like, hmm, let's see how this uh, this remote play works. And I'll say this: it it like the latency. Like I, it in my head, I know that I'm playing remote play, and I know that there's like it's like a little bit of lag, like a very little bit. But if I didn't know any better, I would I would think I'm playing like natively on my laptop. Um, the only thing I don't like is that with PlayStation Five games, Xbox Series X games, like pretty much next gen games, if you're there's, there's two ways of looking at this. If you have a 4K TV and you're playing these games on a 4K TV, but then you're like you know you go somewhere else where you're playing on like a like a standard high def TV, or you're playing on like like in my case I'm playing on my laptop. Seeing like games like this is a disservice to it because um, you know the game like the frame rate and everything is running fine, as good. It's just like the graphical fidelity. Like I've seen how great this game looks on my TV, so playing it on my on my you know laptop screen, um, I don't know. I'm lo- <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that I don't have it blown up on a big screen, but like you could tell, there's a there's a there's a huge difference playing not like not playing on a 4K TV. So uh, I say all this to say that if you if you're on a hunt for PS5 or uh, Xbox Series X and you don't have a 4K TV, go ahead and get that 4K TV. Like you know, it's getting a little bit easier to find these systems, but you're honestly like you're not getting that full experience if you're not playing on a uh, on like a 4K TV. And like these TVs are cheap now. You can get like some really big screens for really cheap now. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you like what the graphical settings it did it even let you switch graphical settings on your remote play? Not really. Um, 
I'll have to like go back to check to see if it gave me an option for like performance or whatever. Uh, this, like, is, is it supposed to? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. you get performance or or uh, graphics or something. Yeah, I'll I'll check next time I play. I'll let you guys know. But for the most part, um, I I I sort of feel like I'm playing this on like a, a tube TV. <laughs> when when I know like this, like, my screen is really good. Um, you know this this laptop has like a it's like a 300 hertz refresh rate. So yeah, it's mm. the screen. It's just. So are you playing uh, in 60 or 30 right now? Uh, to tell you the truth. I'm not even sure. I just know that it runs. I just know that it runs really smooth. I know it's not. Yeah. I feel like it's not sixty. It has to be thirty, just for the sake of like how you know everything's done through Wi-Fi and everything like that. So I think. Yeah. Be be sure to let us know when you get to the side quest with the refrigerator. You'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, fridge is a good quest. Okay. Yes. But yeah, so I'm I'm really early in that, and then while I'm on the topic of um, next gen updates. I also started replaying God of War. Uh, God of War that released in 2018, I believe. Um, this game already looked really good. Um, on the PS5, uh, of course, like playing it on that, it before this patch came out, they essentially just had you like running with the PlayStation 4 Pro uh, settings. But this uh, PlayStation 5 update gives you the you know the, the 4K checkerboard, the 60 frames, gives you all of that. And when I say this game looks so good, and this game is what, like, at this point, two years old, I can't wait to see what they're working on now. Like, it's, uh, you know, the game is already really good. It was already a great game. Yeah. I think uh, for us, it ranked pretty high that, that year's game of the year. Uh, yeah, um, it did. But, yeah, I mean, what is there more to say about this God of War? If you haven't played it, it is a... Uh, it's essentially a reboot slash sequel to the original trilogy of God of War games. So they'll reference things to the original trilogy. Um, and I sort of want to just leave it at that, not to spoil anything. Um, granted, this game is old, whatever. But still, I know there's a lot of people that still haven't played it. Uh, but, you know, once again, this is one of those games that's uh, it's like a must play. If you're on PlayStation, you gotta, you gotta at least try it. Uh, it's part of their PlayStation collection, PlayStation Plus collection. So if you have a PlayStation 5, you're playing for PlayStation Plus, you have the game. Like, just go ahead and download it, play it, enjoy it. Uh, I'm not really too far. I'm sort of like just casually playing this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, just honestly just casually playing this. I just, I really just re-downloaded it just to see what the update looked like. And uh, did not disappoint. Definitely doesn't disappoint there. I definitely want to check this out. Um, the closer that that sequel gets to releasing, I, I'll probably go through this again. I, I really enjoyed my time with that game. Yeah. So definitely check that out. So now we're going to jump into disappointment. Um, we're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Jesus. <laughs> just the amount of, of matter-of-factness you gave that was just very pleasing. Thank you. So I'll, I'll straight up, like, you know, I'll, I'll say that I really had high hopes for this game. This game this is not a, on paper, it's not a bad game. Like, I I like how I'm able to really, like, I feel like, honestly, I feel like Cyberpunk was, like, an upgraded Deus Ex, essentially. Like, you have your options of, like, talking your way through stuff. You have your option of just shooting people in the face. Um, with the amount of customization that you have in this game, with how, like, where you start off in the game and everything, and, like, who you're loyal to, 
this is the type of game that when they finally, like if they finally, if no, let's, let's say when, when they finally fix everything that's going on, because we, we see it in the news. We know CD Projekt Red, you know that SpongeBob meme where he's like inside of his head and is on fire? Like, I feel like that's CD Projekt Red right now. Like, there's just so much like crap going on over there. So, you know, it's crazy, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an understatement. Um, I, I hope eventually, once we get fixes and once uh, this game is like playable for people to actually play it, uh, people will enjoy it. Like, I want to go back to this world and, you know, create a different character, start as, because I, I played as a street kid. There's a street kid, which is like a city guy, a uh, city person. There's, um, you can start out in like the Outlands, which I forget what was the name. Nomad. Nomad. And then there's like the, you know, the corporate, Corpro, um, where you play as like, you know, corporate America or whatever. Uh, so it's, I'm just so disappointed, guys. I'm disappointed that the game, this game wasn't up to standard for people to really enjoy it. Um, of course, you know, right now I'm playing, oh, well, I was playing it on PlayStation 5. So if you're going to play it on a console, make sure that you're, you're playing it on a next-gen console because you're, you'll be able to play more of it as opposed to if you're playing on PS4 or uh, the original Xbox. Uh, Xbox, Xbox One. Like, well, you can't buy it on PlayStation at all anymore. Well, yeah, so. you can't even buy it. Yeah, you can't even buy it on PlayStation anymore. So, um, that's that is. That is fu- have, did we talk about that like formally on the show? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Let's let's go ahead. So, uh, so I I just so I mean you guys already know I have like no no love really lost for this game for me. Um, but God damn, like that that does not happen. That was. What the fuck? The That's last crazy. game I could think that happened to was like Afro Samurai 2. Yeah. And yeah. Oh. God damn. It's crazy, dude. And, and you know, you're oh yeah, that's right. You are right. You're right about that. Um I think the reason why that like what puts this over a situation like that to me is that like this has all the resources of like like a this huge studio right like the backing of uh like major marketing deals uh one of the most the studios that had like the most goodwill uh with their the consumers or whatever and they and to just have it straight up be like on fire and then and then not and sony takes it down from the store the one of the biggest games of the year when i say biggest i mean like in terms of most anticipated and like the pre-orders were fucking crazy like millions upon millions of copies Mm -hmm. already but like it's that's that is something i do not think we will ever see again like it's not anytime soon you know what's really sad i more expected this out of like the ff7 remake who absolutely crushed it Mm, like that kind of hype that kind of build i was like if anybody can like crumble under the pressure it, it would probably be final fantasy 7 and no you know it's funny like the development up until that point has been like was, it was like super rocky like i was yeah we were honestly surprised when the game actually released i think when it released i was like all right i i don't believe it until like i'm actively playing it and like sure enough we played it and it was great so kudos it's a square for this well that. done square i think uh, CD Projekt Red's problem, and this is a problem that a lot of major studios have, is that uh, well, I don't even say a lot, but like there's a couple of them that are like this. 
essentially their thought process was we we made Witcher 3, we can make it through this. So like no matter what like issue was in their face, like that was like their their confidence level was like, yo, like we 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 do this. Like we could do this. Like I I get that. I get the confidence. But like who approved the console versions? Who approved like someone had to have sat down and shown this off to like some sort of higher up and be like, hey, yo, like this game, this isn't good. Like we shouldn't release this. I, mean, I they, yeah, we they knew they knew that. Like Jason Schreier was reporting like before November, before this game came out, that people in the studio were like, yo, these games are broken. These games are straight up not working. Like the last gen versions are just not good. They are basically on fire. And they knew. They knew that. And that's what makes it there's all this lying shit worse. Is 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 that they knew. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, you know, you know, needs to say, um, I feel like I just I just wanted to talk about the game, just bring it up formally on the show because I haven't talked about it yet, because you know, I was no. you know, I've been I've been off for a little bit. But uh yeah, like I and oh, and you know, the next gen version uh for Cyberpunk, yeah, we're not seeing it anytime soon. Like I think it's it's like we'll we'll see it like towards like the end of the year type of thing if we yep. see it. <laughs> which is which is ridiculous i you know i think that's it was just is a dumpster fire i feel like they honestly should have just focused on next gen and pc and just call it a day because i think doing everything that they did they they lost out on more money you know having to do all those refunds having you know the game pulled off the store mm-hmm. having uh retailers take returns on it when they typically don't take returns um it was a yeah, it was a shit show. And that's all I really want to talk about, Cyberpunk, because I'm 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 sad now. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I'm I'm, I, I, I don't I, think we're gonna, I, I mean I don't think that we're gonna see anything like this on on this kind of scale ever again. Like I think this I Anthem, was, um, we all thought Anthem. I mean, we thought that was like as yeah, bad. As yeah, at least Anthem was like no, bland, but, but at least it was it, working. Yeah. They didn't take it. They didn't take it down from sale though. Like they didn't like this is on another level of like of bad. And I don't think that we'll we'll really see that again. Like people are learning from this. We already heard like a week or two after like the release had happened and we were seeing all the the dumpster fire stories. Like people there were rumblings with all kinds of studios going like, yo, check the fucking next gen versions. Like check this shit out before we release it. Like I think that is going to happen. And, and that's why we're seeing a lot of delays right now. We're at least partially. I know a lot of it is due to COVID, but um, you know, I, th- I don't think studios will be afraid anymore to delay things when they need to. They're not going to put shit out if if they don't feel like it. It's, if it's going to result in another cyberpunk disaster, like that's going to be a footnote in the industry from from now on. Like, when, it, gonna- when this game, when, when this happened, and like there is so many sides of like how bad like this is affecting that company. Like they're being there. There's lawsuits. There's um, apparently they you know they recently just got hacked. Uh, like there, it's just it's a downward slope, and the hack even like called into like called into this whole thing. It's like you guys think it was bad before, <laughs> now it's going to be even worse. Yeah, so like, it's ridiculous. I I hope they're able to pull through and make it out of this. I hope that whoever higher up this is this. I think this is like a higher up. Like these are these are suits that have like honestly don't have no idea what they're doing. I feel like they're. To them, all this was just like they're looking at Excel spreadsheets. They're looking at how much money they could make. 
but when it comes down to like actually developing the game and actually making sure that like the product is right, I feel like the people who had control over that they 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 had they they couldn't really do anything because their bosses, their higher ups, they just saw dollar signs and they've um, seen where that works before. And we've proven yeah. it time and time again. And you, know, you know where the root of that issue is? I think that those higher ups saw the pre order numbers because this game was like one of the most. I think it, it was like the most pre-ordered game on like PlayStation. I saw some sort of story where like the pre-order numbers, like it, it, I think it, it broke a world record for pre-orders or something like that. It beat Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this this is I do I do think that you're right about that, Chris. Um, like generally speaking, I, I do think that the higher ups did. I mean, they went around and we have reports of this, like confirmed. They're saying, talking about like the Witcher Three magic. Like, don't worry about it, guys. We got the Witcher Three magic. So when people came around complaining about like other things, like the whole representation issue, like we've talked about on the show before, like they didn't really care. Probably partially because uh, you know of Witcher stuff like 3 that. Like, magic. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna make what we make. We don't really give a fuck how you complain about it. And that's it. That's gonna be it. No world's fucked up like that. Bioware. No, we EA made, fucked them up. I don't blame Bioware. We we made Mass Effect. We could do this again. No. That does strike me more as an EA situation, but Reports I reports are coming out about that too. Yeah. <laughs> they knew Andromeda wasn't gonna work from the jump. Yeah. Yeah, there's nobody to blame here but CDPR since they publish their own shit. So like, oh man, um, like they have to fall on their own sword. Hold um, this up, and, and like, I, I I hate. I mean, I, I honestly I hate to see like innocent devs who would be affected by this, but like, fucking just desserts. Like they they kind of made their their bed uh, in some ways. Like some of these higher ups. Um, so while I, I do see what you're saying, Chris, about like hoping that they kind of pull themselves together, like this shit is almost a lost cause to me. Like we'll, we'll see. I don't know if it's Anthem bad. That's a lost cause. Oh. Potentially. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. When they get some, okay. Yeah. We'll know by then. So, sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't All laugh, right. but you're right. <laughs> All right. So, um, next up. I have a uh, a apology, James. Mm. Hy- Hyrule Warriors. You know, we talked about this in Game of the Year. Yeah, I, I remember. I recall. Hy- Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity should have. Was it even on the top ten? No, but I think you I, cut it, Chris. I think you cut it. Listen, James. I apologize. Yeah. My God, oh. this game. This game is is it's literally everything I asked for in, in, in the original Breath of the Wild. As in, like, if you've listened to the show, I have an issue with how Breath of the Wild sort of tackled their like the story of the game. I feel like there was a lot of like open plot points. There was a lot of like there were things I would have done differently. Like the mm-hmm. essentially like the like the the whole like link, you know. Uh, you know, training and like becoming like a hero and like working with all of like these different uh like the four champions and becoming friends with them and everything like all of that was like put into like a like a really short cutscene that you had to find in the open world to trigger like a flashback and I don't know I was just really disappointed with just the lore of Breath of the Wild and like I for for me like I I think lore is like really big for me for games like this so. Uh, needless to say, they, they they answered everything that like so far that I've, I've needed. Like uh, this game essentially is a prequel to Breath of the Wild, 
Um, it's giving you like that, you know, uh, the story beats of like what's happening, what what happened before Breath of the Wild, or you know, before uh, Link had to go to sleep, and got put to sleep. Um, and you know, this is also coupled with, uh, you know, Dynasty Warriors hack and slash gameplay, which I know for some people they say it's repetitive. Some people love it. I'm depending on the game. I'm more of like that middle route. Like there's a there's there's enough of these type of games that I can play, and it really falls down to the story to keep me playing. Uh, so with this game actually like answering some of the questions and giving me that story and that expansion to Breath of the Wild, uh, that that's what's keep that's what's keeping me playing this game. Um, and essentially, just like other like you know Warriors games, all of these characters that you play as like they play differently. So it's not really too much of like oh if you play as this character. You're essentially like it's the same as like twelve other characters. No, this one's a little different. This one's different in, in that way. So that yeah. does my heart good, Chris. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Thank and, you. I appreciate that. And and, and what's crazy is that I don't even have my dock. Like I let like a like one of my cousins borrow my dock. So I'm like I'm not even seeing this game in its full glory. Like I'm playing this uh, on handheld. Mm-hmm. So um, the game itself, like it handles itself on handheld. Um, and for the most part, like I know, like the Switch is 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 supposed to be able to like just you know pick up and play, take it with you. I I for the most part for games like this, I'd rather be on a screen playing it and like having it like up res and like having the frame rate be a little bit better. But you know, since I don't have my dock, playing it just you know uh, in handheld mode, um, I'm not really having too many issues. It's not like the frame rate doesn't dip too bad where it's like horrible. But I, I am, I am thoroughly enjoying this game. See, that's good. I haven't tried it out too much in handheld, so I did not know how that would, how that would play. But I'm glad it seems to be running well for you. Yeah. So you know, I wanted, I wanted to shut that out. I wanted to, you know, uh, put that out there. Um, and the last two games I want to talk about were some um, going, like, like I said before, sort of jumping into my. Uh, my backlog there are a couple games i wanted to you know jump into and play and some and they went on sale so uh the two games is the first game of these two games is warhammer vermintide 2 and Mm -hmm. and this is the warhammer where you're not with the space marines this is with uh this is all the other stuff um so this is essentially a first person hack and slash game that's like it's really close to um sort of like left for dead when you're playing with four players in this co-op and you're essentially, you know, going through a level, uh, doing different, like, you know, different little things to, like, push through the level. So it's... What I like about Vermintide 2 is that it's not, like, the typical trope with games like this where it's like, hey, stand in this circle and just fight waves and waves of people. They actually have you do different things. Um... And I think, you know, Ryan, I think we've, we talked about this for a little bit off, off air, that you know, it's actually refreshing playing a game that doesn't have you doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, this, this might be a, a little bit. First of all, I fucking love this game. Um, that's just number one. Oh. Uh, and secondly, uh, they I, this might be a little premature because I've only played like a couple hours of it so far. But um, this is the evolution of Left 4 Dead that I think I've always been looking for. Hmm. 
like like this particular game like this this is the thing that i think pushes it at least a little bit further um whereas other games like you know world war z and and like other stuff like that are kind of just imitations of left for dead and and i like world war z just fine like a lot of these games i like but but this this is like in evolution in a, in a sense from like the leveling system and, and all that stuff i'm sure you'll talk about in a second yeah so you know um not like like I mean, that was a good point because like a lot of those games it's uh it, it's like pretty much like a, a clone of left for dead this one is different whereas you have like your different classes you, you're leveling up those classes and while you're leveling up those classes you have different classes like subclasses that you can sort of shift towards and sort of change the gameplay for that class and then you also have a skill tree, which will also sort of like help guide you, like depending on how you want to play that character. So um, it's it's it, you know it's definitely you know something that it, it'll give you. It has the replay value. Um, it has like loot boxes, which I'm not too much of a fan of for your items. So you know whenever you play finish a level, you'll get these loot boxes, and depending on how well you did, or depending on how uh, how many like collectible items that you picked up, you'll get upgraded versions of those loot boxes. But you know, essentially, like it's it's all there just for like a like a power level grind. Which yeah. I I don't know. I'm not too. I'm not sure if I hate it yet because I'm so burned out of games that play that way. But it so far it works. Uh, so far, like I haven't really have i haven't haven't had the instance where i've like went into a level and like i completely smashed because like to play on harder difficulties like the game won't let you unless you're higher level like a certain level right so which which seems like pretty cool because like the the levels themselves are fairly lengthy so you get like what two campaigns right Uh uh-huh like on the base game and like we played for a few hours and i think we only got through like three levels uh, which is crazy. And they all seemed varied too. Like we were doing different things within the levels, which is so cool. Exactly. So yeah, this is this is definitely that type of game that if you ever see that it's on sale, uh definitely give it a shot. Um it's it's something that I don't know, like it's sort of it scratches like a primal itch because like this like it, you know, this is definitely that horde game where you have, you know, a ton of enemies on screen. You have uh, certain like champion enemies, like they'll they'll randomly spawn in and you know cause havoc. Yeah, um, they, they, they may even they may even spawn in a uh, narrow hallway and kill your entire team. Yeah, that's James. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, experience. Hmm? Okay. Yeah, James was there for that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like I mean, and I think stuff like that, like it's even as it was really unfortunate because like that was like the very beginning of the level where they spawned. But I mean, it just it sort of adds to the humor of playing this game. Yeah. So I love this game, man. I really do like this. And this was one that you, you suggested Chris, like yeah. you, I didn't know anything about Warhammer, anything. Like I just knew it. Yeah. Space Marines. That's all I knew. Um, I did not know that this was a thing. Uh, so kudos to you, sir. Like you, this, this is a, a banger to me. Yeah. And, and and it's good to see that you you found like a character like early on that like you you just found like you just went in 
yeah ah the archer character is wonderful she's great um and the dialogue too like so i'm not familiar with the lore in this franchise at all but like the camaraderie like between all of the people feels natural and real um and entertaining even though i don't understand shit like i don't know what the actual narrative is but like it's it's just really cool to just see them banter uh quite often it really does remind me of left for dead but but again in a very different context and i think that's another thing that those left for dead clones they miss that they miss the magic of like having the characters interact and banter with each other because i think yeah, yeah. that's definitely not a thing in world war z um you know i don't think evolve had that at all uh so like it's good it's, it's sort of like those small things of hearing the characters go back and forth also the like the pinging system like hearing the characters interact with just like the level in general is really cool yes absolutely yes all and and they do it so well like if you have multiple potions they'll like actually say potions here as opposed to just one where they say oh i found a potion like it's just very small things but it matters yeah so like this is the type of game where it's like those small things come together and like really pull through and uh this is definitely a game that's gonna be in rotation because it's it's Mm -hmm. that four-player co-op game where like you don't really have to like play it every day but when you you know have the chance to play it with your buddies it's fun Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think that's and i think that's what's good that's what i like about this game that's something that i i started to not like about games that had like power level grinds was that it sort of forced you to damn, I have to play, I have to do, like, the dailies, I have to do the weeklies, I have to, like, do this at the third to, like, you know, build my level cap, like, and it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think what pushes me, too, is, is just that leveling system, um, you know, that, that ability to craft, to even use vastly different weapons, you're not even locked into, like, one or two weapons, you're, I, saw like a variation of four or five different things that I could, I could use, like, short daggers, longbows, shortbows, and they all, like, have, uh, different effects in gameplay like that's so fucking cool yeah so this is definitely something that you know uh we'll sort of bring up talk about here and there um and same thing with this next game risk of rain 2 risk of rain 2 is actually a game that's been out for a while now uh this one was initially released in uh 2019 and made by a small team uh made by hopo games uh and play everywhere it's a as originally Risk of Rain One. I was sort of I'll start it off with this. Risk of Rain One was a roguelike, you know, two D side scroll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with this, you know, sequel, they essentially took it into and made it into a third person shooter, mm-hmm. which really works out well because like the game is it's super it's simple, but then at the and it like it's that type of like roguelike where it's not really going to explain too much to you. So you really have to find out things on your own. But once you start figuring things out, like the game just starts opening up. Um, you start really learning how to use a character. And then once you start playing enough, you actually start unlocking other characters. And with like with these other characters, like it sort of like takes off from there. So uh, you start off with like, you know, just a regular, um, like a commando when you start playing as the game. And you know, it was just your essential, like, you know, a soldier with like a machine gun, as, as you know, with a combat rule and a jump. That's, that's pretty much all you got. Um, then that sort of like moves off to characters like the the huntress, which is like you know your your bow and arrow person. Yeah. yeah. Your, your mercenary, which is your samurai. Um, my favorite character is the loader, which is like your giant mech that could like swing around, uh, could punch things in the face. 
And each each of these like these characters, like their play styles vary so much that like it's essentially playing like a completely different game playing with these different characters. So, you know, this is a and another oh, and another great cool thing about this is that it's a roguelike that's also multiplayer. So you can play this with friends. So good. This soundtrack just ah, perfection. Like who expected? I didn't anyway. Maybe you guys did, but I didn't expect anything like this. Like I go to Spotify and listen to a couple tracks like out of game. Like that's how good this soundtrack is. And it's very addictive too. Like just the gameplay itself is extremely addictive. Um, like you were saying, Chris. Like I'm this is another Chris uh banger right here that you just just said, Hey guys, let's play this game. And I was like, okay, sure, why not? And hey, I'm hey, hooked. Hey, listen, I, I have to, I still have to recover from Fortnite. So I'm still trying to redeem myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recommending Fortnite from early access. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I feel like you've you've made up for it at this point, honestly. Yeah, we yeah, can't so, win them all, but you got some bangers right here. Yeah, so James, I know you you, you played a little bit of this uh, with us. What you what you think of the game? Um, yeah, I think that I wish I got to unlock more characters as I was playing through, because it seemed like we were having a lot of fun. Like when one of the first matches we played, you came through with that loader, and I remember just seeing you swinging from like the jellyfish <laughs> monster or whatever. And I'm like, what is happening up here? Meanwhile, I'm just running for my life. <laughs> Well, my little commando, but I'm, it's a lot of fun. I managed to unlock, um, I think we had like three or four unlocks in our last play session I was with you guys. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of getting the grips with how each character controls, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. The The mob base um, wave mentality is wane, like worn on me over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, horde modes are just like, okay, guys, I get it. Like throw a lot of things at the screen, but I think in between the um, the mechanics of looking around for all the different kinds of artifacts, the variety of types of enemies, and just like the shenanigans that come from that kind of um, team based gameplay, it's it's definitely something that I slept on, but I'm really mad that I did. It's a good, it's a great choice. Risk of Rain I, Two was like a surprise. It, it it was it was a it's a huge surprise and like something that I really like about like their gameplay loop is that like you were saying you can sort of like take your time going through the levels trying to find power ups and try to you know uh, grind up money to buy these power ups or you can sort of like try and like breeze through so that the game is easier because essentially the longer you play this game you'll see that on like the top right you'll see like the difficulty getting harder and harder like it's like progressively moving and getting more difficult as you're playing the game Mm -hmm. and you know if you're spending a lot of time uh like trying to like level up and get gear it's it's essentially going to be really tough when you're playing like the hardest difficulty trying to fight the final boss because it's at that point the game is literally throwing everything at you so yeah I've, i've seen i've seen people like you know i think there's like there's also like uh I like got an achievement for like getting through the game in like 15 minutes or something like that. It's like you unlock something for doing it that way. So like there's, there's, a, there's a lot that like sort of goes into this game. I haven't really mastered the art of like getting like speed running through this game yet, but um, just I like I'm, I'm just playing the game how I like it at this point. And uh, I we sort of like jumped into like 
unlocking artifacts, which also mm-hmm. alter the games. So like, you know, when you're uh, when you're playing the game and you're trying to upgrade, like get items, it's like originally this game is like it's it's a random drop. Like you you go to uh, uh, a, a chest and it's pretty much as random what you get, but you'll have like an, this artifact that we play with now, where essentially you'll go to a chest and you'll be able to pick what item you want. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of which like, is great, yeah. Which really makes it so that if you want an optimal build, like you could go after what you want. Exactly. I kind of wish I had something like that for Hades because that's what I'm running into now playing that game. Mm. Just a way to mm-hmm. like. Well, you kind of can in a way, but it still is like a lot more of a random aspect to it. For sure. This is a nice touch. I like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and, like, and the game doesn't penalize you for using it either. Like you, you're still able to unlock characters using these artifacts. Um, like everything, it, it's just, it, change, it just changes how the game works. Yeah. This, this is, I talked about at the beginning of my own segment that like, you know, I wanted to have like kind of a, a relaxing game and this is definitely one of those for me. Like, it, of course, things get very hectic and stressful at, at times, but this is certainly one where like I get into sort of like a Zen mode where like I can just relax, socialize um, and like just just kind of zone out to like some good vibes, like good music, uh, nice visuals, like satisfying um, gameplay gives me good feedback. Like I just, it's, it's really is a perfect blend of a lot of things that I really dig. So great game. Yeah. So definitely check it out. Um, It's on the switch PlayStation four, Xbox one and on PC. Um, The PC version is a little bit further along. Uh, They get the updates first, but the console versions are still pretty good. Um, But yeah, definitely check that out pick it up with some friends i think that's when you get the most out of this game actually you get the most out of these last two games i talked about playing with friends these are really good co-op games so if you're looking for something to play to, with your buddies uh definitely look into risk of rain 2 and warhammer vermintide 2 so that's what i had this week um like we said at the top of the episode this is supposed to be our our laid back episode mm-hmm. <laughs> we still ended up pushing out a two-hour episode <laughs> hey classic so us it's a classic us so um you know let's go ahead and roll out the red carpet guys uh what you got for us you want to go james sure um well first of all it is once again good to be back glad to have you guys here with us once again for the ride it's five more episodes so 100 so you know there's that stay tuned we got some um you know, I feel like there's gonna be more of this because there's not a lot of game releases coming. But um, yeah, just diving into our backlogs, sharing this information with you guys. Let us know what you guys want to see us play. Play, t- yeah, that'd be cool. Or um, tell to us about some of the games you've got to tackle over this uh, this lull, this break. And yeah, then, yeah. definitely hear you guys in the comments. Uh, hear you guys uh, just you know message us. Keep you know keep messaging us. Keep you know giving us praise. Um, if you have any feedback. Uh, good or negative, please let us know. We, we're constantly on the grind to try and make this a better show for you guys. So we appreciate any feedback. Uh, so, um, Rod, you got anything? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like James said, it's nice to be back uh, for the listeners and just for me personally. Like, it's it's fun, um, you know, getting to talk to you guys, um, like, in this capacity again. Obviously, we, we talked a little bit before, like, playing some of these games. But um, it's nice to be back on the show doing that. Um 
yeah, if you really like what you've heard, go ahead and check us out on um, all the platforms that we release the show on. Uh, specifically, Apple Music is a big one, too. Um, if you give us a rating, a comment, uh, a sub, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff, go ahead and do that for us. We really appreciate it. It helps with visibility for the show. Uh, and thank you, as always, for listening. So with that, that's us signing out for episode 95. Should I play that? We will catch you on the flip side. Guys, stay beastly. Peace.